feels good inside. Welcome to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. And this is the show that uh, that everyone seems to like. One that we're finally getting to for the Avs coming into the 2020-2021 season. Or I guess, really, are we just going to call this the 2021 season? Because they're not going to play in 2020. Yeah, it's just going to be 2021. So, coming into the 2021 season, then. You should really just call it the 21 season. The 21 season. There you go. Yeah. Because every time you say 2021, it sounds like you're starting to say 2020. And it's just like. (laughs) <laughs> just stop even mentioning half of this year yeah just it's it'll be the 21 season there you go the 21 season the abs however have 20 spots on their roster any given night to play in a hockey game and that's what today's episode is going to be about how do you organize those 20 spots it's not even fully clear who you give all of those 20 spots to but Don't worry, we're going to solve that, answer that question for you here today on the show. Let me start with the obvious. Philip Grubauer, number one goaltender. Easy? Yep. Okay. Knock that out. Nathan Um, McKinnon. Obviously, assuming health here. Sure, of course. Um, And I think we've seen Grubauer on social media, hasn't he been like, he seems pretty fine, yeah. Yeah, hadn't he been like balling out, going out and doing all kinds of crazy fun activities? Like he seems like he's okay. So expectation is he'll be okay, especially as the season seemingly continues to get pushed back. The later the the better for the Avs injured guys. But Grubauer number one, goaltender, Nathan McKinnon number one C. I think those two things are pretty much set in stone no matter what. The question Agreed. is everything else. Yeah. I, I mean, like, there's, like, Kadria 2C. I would say that's pretty set. He's he's definitely a center. The Evs don't really have an heir apparent to the 2C on the roster. So, yeah, I'd say that's that's a good answer. Um, but, yeah. what? I mean, and, and, like, and, like, 2G. Yeah, and, and Francois. <laughs> that one's pretty obvious, too. So centers and goalies, the abs are easy. <laughs> easy work. But... Yeah, half of the centers, anyway. Eh, I don't think third and fourth is that difficult, either. But <clears throat> No, but they're, they're points of contention. Or I'm... Ah, That's points of, com- points of conversation. I, they could be contentious. Um, let's start with the top six, though. Four winger spots... You're pretty confident who are in the winger spots, that being Landy, Rantanen, Saad, and Burakovsky. But how do you organize them to make the best team possible on the ice? Very carefully. (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. Uh, The conversation for basically all of last season was how committed should you be to the three-headed monster, as I got the shirt on right here. Go buy one at the DNVR locker. Um, I, I'm, I mean, pretty committed, I think. Yeah. Um, after, after last season and the, the additions that they've made, I think they could be pretty committed if they wanted to. They obviously, they have more flexibility this year than they've ever had. 
you know, two years ago, it was these guys have to be it, right? Yep. Like, and there, it was funny there because was nothing else two years the, ago. Yeah. The 17 18 season, you remember they weren't, they didn't start the year together. They got Andrew was the yeah. guy on that, that left wing. He was in the top six until they realized that he just couldn't hack yeah. it in the top six anymore. Well, he was, he was there until game 10 when it just wasn't going very well. And then they got blown out. You know, seven nothing in Vegas. Yeah. Yep. And then came back the next night. The very next night, they played Chicago in Denver and put the three headed monster together, and they smoked the Blackhawks that night. Yep. And that was sort of that game. That game against Chicago was like the beginning of this Avalanche era. Yeah, I'd I'd say that's pretty accurate. They the rise of Nathan McKinnon. And then, you know, a few weeks later, they end up trading out Matt Duchesne and and everything starts going for right. them. And these guys became the face. The three-headed monster became the face of the ads. Mm-hmm. And I I think that, to be honest, can Burakovsky play um, on that top line? Yeah, we saw that. Yep, He could definitely slot in there from time to time if you want to give it a different look. Could newly acquired Brandon Saad do it? Totally. He could pop up there and play on that left side too. And and this is something we've talked about before. Realistically, with the wings they've got, again, assuming health, McKinnon's your 1C, Kadri's your 2C. The other four dudes, you can just kind of throw out there with whoever. If, you want, if you're in position A where you need a goal, you go full offense and throw out McKinnon, Rantanen, and, and Burakovsky or something. If you want a defensive shutdown line you can throw sod Kadri Landeskog. Yeah. You want to mix that up a little bit. You feel like there's a little bit too much shooting when you put Burakovsky on the top line. You can throw Landeskog up there. You can throw sod up there. Whatever works. Yeah. Where I like the three-headed monster this in this upcoming season more than in in previous years is that it feels like there are legitimate options, but this is now like dangerous because you aren't losing nearly as much when those guys get off the ice. Sure. And so it's like, okay, load them up with those are your three best forwards. They just happen to all be left wing center and a right wing. Great. Like go, go, <laughs> you know, that it makes perfect sense. And then your next three, your next three best forwards also happen to be two wings in a center. Perfect. When you, are going up against a, a team like Nashville who say they throw out Yossi and, and Eckholm or something at you to shut down your top pair. And then you roll out their, your second line, which is still very quality against a weaker defensive pair. Yeah, it would be, it would be Yossi and Ellis against the top line and then sure. Eckholm and Fabro. And it's like, and you want to uh, take, you'll take, you'll take your chances right now. Eckholm and Fabro against, Kadri, Sad, and Burakovsky. Sad, Kadri, Burakovsky should be licking their chops against Fabro. <laughs> like, right? Even even against Ekholm, you're like, eh. like you're you're good, but you're not enough, right? So that's so where the that's, depth is created. Sure. Yeah, and there are going to be like there there are going to be nights where Colorado's second line rolls out there and is just as competitive as the opposing team's top line. Yep. You know, if, if, if Kadri 
Brandon Todd and, and Andre Burakovsky was your top line. It's kind of an underwhelming top line, but you're still talking about three guys who score 20 goals a year for you. It's it's not something that Bednar does very much as far as line matching is concerned, but particularly when the abs are on the road, when the other team has last change, you are going to struggle to match lines against this team. If you want to try and get your top line against the abs bottom six, you're gearing yourself up for two brutal shifts coming up from the yeah. top two lines. Right. And, and like, this isn't even getting into the quality depth that they have on the third line. Yeah. Because as much as, as much as we've talked about how JT Comper is kind of, kind of just eh, as a three C first of all, let's be honest. There are significantly worse options out there. Absolutely. And that's important to remember because it's like, oh, well, maybe the Avs don't have the world's best third line. But it's still going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. Because that that Nachushkin, uh, Nachushkin, Comfer, and Donskoy trio right now, which is where I think it's sitting currently, that's still going to be a line that's going to do some work. Comfer and Donskoy are middle six dudes, right? Yeah. Nachushkin, probably more of a legit third liner than a middle six guy. But look, he's shown an ability to score. Obviously, Nachushkin's numbers we've talked about a bunch are elite defensively. Right. And you provide him with two line mates that are 35-ish point guys most years. Mm-hmm. Is that third line going to be elite? No. Is that third line going to get the job done every night for you? Probably. I. I, I think if you if you feel if the third line wins its head to head battle seventy percent of the time, you're feeling really really good. Yeah, and I think that's a reasonable expectation. They're not going to do it every night, but I mean nobody does it every night. You know, like no no line goes out there eighty two times and like wins their matchup eighty two games. Right? Like you have bad nights. Yep. But. Their bad nights, their downside is going to be mitigated by the fact that when those guys aren't going, they're not actively hurting you. They're just not right. doing a lot. It, they're a line that you can put out there, and they're not going to get caved. Right. And especially the mixture of the three of them, I think I think will be in play. I think I, I'm like, that's where I think the season starts. It kind of makes sense to start it there. But ultimately, like, I... That's not a hard set and forget. Yep. I, and that's really the thing that I think makes this forward core as dangerous as it is, is that you can move guys around. You know, if, if Burakovsky goes into one of those slumps that we've, we see him go into where he's just, he's not fully engaged. Donskoy takes a spot. Yep. And then, and then you're talking about, Hey, how is Burakovsky going to get himself out of there? He's going to make some plays on that third line. And that just makes that line a little bit more dangerous that night. So and then, and then there's the the fourth group, which right. And let's let's start it this way, and we'll get into the other guys in a bit and how they fit in or how they can change the lineup. But for right now, let's assume that the the fourth group is the Belmar Calvert Jost. Yeah, you have that as your fourth line. However, you want to you want to mix it. Presumably, Belmar in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's a fourth line. Uh, Calvert, yeah. 
probably could even Calvert definitely comfortable there could probably be playing up a line if you needed. Well, and the way Bednar uses it is whichever it's not like a hard third yeah, and fourth right. line. It's <clears throat> it's more of a whichever line is going that night is going to see ice time. And depending on game situation, if they're trying to if they're trying to protect a one goal lead, you'll see you it's it's a fair expectation the Chushkin sw- switches spots with Jost. And yep. they just they have a no mistakes defensively fourth line. Yep. What and, are you asking out of it too? If you want to play an offensive third line, you know, yeah. you, you could look more at a, a Jost potentially, depending on how you're feeling on any given night. Yeah. And that's 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 what you're talking about with game situation because the way and one of my favorite things about Bednar as a coach is the way that he coaches two situations. Yep. And it's not like here are hard set lines and situ- you know, you have an offensive zone face off, you have your top line out there. Occasionally he'll throw Sam Gerard out there next to next to Kale McCarthy. We'll talk about it heavily on the defensive side. Yeah. Sure. And 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 you can do that defensively and to try and close games out. You can use that's I think that's where Val Nachushkin really separates in terms of value in that bottom six is that he could easily take the place of a guy like a Burakovsky. You put, you put sod Kadri and Burke and, and the out there in the last 90 seconds for a defensive zone face off. You just get, you just load up on really good defensive players. Yep. You have your best face off guy. You give yourself the best chance to clear that puck. And I think that's I, I I think that's where the versatility, yeah, of the, the correct word for this lineup, yeah, versatility. That's that's where the versatility of the of the forward core is really going to be key, is that they can coach to whatever situation they end up in. If you're down, if you're down by a couple of goals, that fourth line's not going to help you in terms of scoring, but they're going to bring a ton of energy. But, Calvert's going to go out there and he's going to rock some dude. I you know, mean, we even we even see Bednar play to the situation. Then, if the Avs are down a couple of goals, he'll actively double shift McKinnon with the fourth line wingers. Yeah, he'll sneak out McKinnon on that fourth line and just yep. try and take advantage of it because it's like, well, man, now Nathan McKinnon's out there bunch against, against a bunch of borderline NHL players. <laughs> right? You know, those guys are pooping themselves as <laughs> they just try to survive the next forty five seconds. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's impressive how deep this team has gotten. We do need to take our first period break. First of all, appreciate you listening, Justin, all y'all out-of-state guys. If you're ever in town and heading down to the bar, just hit me up, and I'll happily grab a beer with you if you're interested. We appreciate all y'all, whether you be in Colorado or out-of-state or around the world. I know we have some European listeners too, so shout-outs to all y'all. We appreciate you. Uh, We are also sponsored by Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist here in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood, close to where I grew up, actually. And they provide an awesome service. When you get a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. It's an amazing electric toothbrush that makes your life easier when it comes to brushing your teeth. So head on over to Green Mountain Dental Group today and schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam. They'll take care of you top to bottom. They'll even send you reminders about when your schedule event is, as well as checking up on you after whatever work you get done. 
and of course Breckenridge Brewery because you need something to drink after you've taken care of your teeth. Head on over to the DNVR bar where you can get eight different types of Breckenridge brew on tap. Or you can go to the source, the farmhouse down in Littleton, where they have dozens of flavors that you can try. Or, of course, for you out-of-state guys, you can use the Breck Beer Locator online to find a liquor store that has it near you. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook with Rudo and AJ. So... It, are we assuming that this is this is the opening night lineup for the forwards, AJ? Uh, top six being what it is, and then Jost, Belmar, Calvert being the fourth line. I guess really is the is the part that's going to be up for contention. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that there's a conversation about, um, you know, and we'll back up here. I'll start sure. here. Sure. Whatever Devontae's contract ends up being is going to play a role in this. Just based on how they manage the salary cap, sure. Yeah, because they've got what the five point nine million to spend right now. Yep. If that ends up at four point five, that's different than if that ends up at three point eight. Yep. That's so. A, that, that's essentially an ELC difference. That's right exactly. There. That's Logan O'Connor right there. Yep. So that's <clears throat> that's the conversation. That's the difference is those, those guys will, that, that will be a consideration when talking about the opening night lineup, you know, as the season gets going and as the daily salary cap, you know, the way that it gets calculated, people get injured and you have more space and whatever. Well, and, and even then, even if, you know, not halfway through the year, they'll be able to add another guy to the roster easily. You know, they might have to start the roster at 22 players, which they've done before. Um, And they've, I mean, they've, this is a team that has taken advantage of the Eagles being right up the road. Mm -hmm. So if they want to call somebody up, whatever, you know, if they're, if they're both in Denver at the same time, it's very easy for them to abuse that abuse. It's like take advantage of their chance of their situation. All the other teams with close by teams do it. So. Yeah, exactly. I abuse is such a negative connotation for an obvious, for obvious reasons. That's not how I mean it. It's just that they take advantage of the system. Yeah. And um, for right now, you know, that's I'm, t- I'm telling you, Bowen Byron's going to get a look. And so you have to add his salary in there. So that's a nine twenty five right there. It's like, not it's like 894 i think but is it that low for a fourth overall pick yeah wow i figured it'd be 925 but nonetheless 900k call it whatever yeah there's no difference like no no meaningful difference between less than 100k from the cap it doesn't matter (laughs) right you're talking about a 30k difference here yeah so uh anyway we're 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 gonna see bow environment at some point um nine game trial beyond that whatever like Byron will decide that fate, but I think we're going to see him and how they make that work on the defense. That's one of the big questions coming into this. Are they, are they willing to sit Ryan Graves who they just gave three years to? Are they willing to sit Ian Cole? Who's one of their veteran guys. This is obviously a lot easier if Eric Johnson's not healthy to start the season. We don't know the timeline of his return and the extent of his injury and all of that. We don't know. It's purely speculative on our part that he wouldn't be ready for the start of the season because we haven't been told otherwise. But because we haven't been told otherwise, it's an open question mark. Yep. Very true. 
it's mm. not something that has a set answer. And we talked about this a little bit when the Avs went out and acquired, acquired Taze. Yeah. Seems like it would make a lot of sense to drop that guy into your top four at the start of a year where EJ isn't ready to go. Yeah. It would be, I, I mean, if EJ is not ready, where Taves fits in the lineup is still unknown. I mean, we don't we don't know what Bettner wants to do, and there isn't like a clear cut, obvious answer with or without EJ. Yep. Even with EJ, you okay? You put you put Taves next to Johnson. Are you putting Gerard and McCarr together? Because as much as we love talking about turn and burn. Their actual on ice results just weren't very Their good. Their underlying last year. numbers are kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, like they just they really were not very good together last season, you know. And that doesn't necessarily carry over year to year, but especially two young guys who are rapidly improving, you know, do they figure out how to play together? But if they, because if they do, then I think that that's an easy top four with Eric Johnson, right? I mean, I you mean, would have. I mean. I love the idea of putting Taze and McCarr together, but. And then Gerard and Johnson. Sure. And then. And then Graves and Cole or whatever is left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, I'm, or I, for me, I would probably go Byram and Cole. Sure. And like, again, this is, this is just to see how, if Byram's ready to go. Yep. Yeah. I think that's probably my ideal lineup would be Taze McCarr, Gerard Johnson, uh, Byram Cole. And then if Johnson's hurt, you just throw Graves in as well. I mean, then, then we're look, you're running back Graves and McCarr. Right. Exactly. And I think that that's probably where they start anyway. Realistically. I think that's probably where they're going to start. Graves and McCarr, Taves in with Johnson, if they're healthy and then, and then, whatever Byram yeah. Cole or, or whoever. Yeah. I guess Byram yeah, and Gerard would be fun. Byram and Gerard would be fun. I don't know if I'd trust it, but it'd be no, fun. no, that's like, that's an 85% offensive zone face off. Yeah. Pairing. Right. Exactly. But when they do, like if they do, they do get the puck and in, in defensively, Either one of those guys. That puck is, is going one direction from there. Fully <laughs> capable of breaking that thing out. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I mean, that would just be like. But we're headed there anyway. We are. We're we're headed to seeing the Avs pull something like this anyway. They just aren't quite there yet. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just the unknown of Bowen Byram remains, and yep. like you can't discount Connor Timmins is also going to be in training camp where he's arguably played his best hockey. Right, that's the other side. And this is a lot more the case with the defense than the offense. I think there's probably a little bit of a case on the offensive side. But on the defense, you're realistically talking about a position battle for for spots in the lineup. Whether it be Graves probably has a very inside line to starting in the lineup. But him and Cole could move into a rotational 7th D type spot if Byram and Timmons show up and play great in camp. It's it's just the reality of there are going to be spots that are earnable in training camp this year on the defensive side. I uh, expectations for for deeper guys aren't very high, but you know what? If if Gilbert shows up and has a really really good camp, he's probably moving himself up the call up list at very least. Yeah, 
Definitely. So, it, the depth is like, once again there. Much like the forward core, the depth is there on the defensive side. And the problem for the abs here is a good one to have in which defenseman do we play on any given night? It's which young guy do you play? Yeah. Because it's at forward, you're trying, you want to find opportunities for Martin Kaut and Logan O'Connor, Shane Bowers. You want to find opportunity for Bowen Byram, Connor Timmons. And look, you got Dennis Gilbert. I think he's probably just, more of an AHL guy than like we've, we've talked about him like being in the mix here. And like, I don't think he's really in the mix, but I do think he's more of an injury call up than you do. I, well, I think I would have him probably like nine or 10 on this list somewhere. Yeah. See, I, I, it kind of just depends on Byram long-term or not, because if they, if Byram's Byram's on the team all season, that's just one more guy in front of him. Well, what's your, what's your call up list then? Because like you have Byram and that makes seven, right? Yeah. And then, and then I would stop at seven and then, and then you have Timmons probably. Yeah. Timmons is easily first. And then it's either Gilbert or McDonald because it's there. It's pretty easily Gilbert for me over McDonald. I, I know you've already talked about how you can see McDonald is an extra D for this team. And he has the added benefit of playing forward as well. Yeah. And that's like, if they go on, we don't know what next season's travel schedule looks like. If they're so on like brutal road trips. Yeah. And- if there's, if there's a seven game road trip or something, Jacob McDonald does the extra call up makes a lot more sense because his ability to play both forward and defense. Oh. And again, saves you money. This is where, Exactly. Saves you money. This is where the cap comes into play again. Yeah. If all of a sudden the Avs have no cap space, well, turns out having a 21-man roster with Jacob McDonald that can play forward or defense for you is an easy way to save money. Yeah. I mean, if Gilbert pans out, that's great. Like. Yeah. It, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not discounting Gilbert and saying he can't be a factor. It's just that for right now. I don't know that he's much of one in like the opening night conversation as the season goes yeah, on. Right. Guys get hurt. I, like, I yes. guess I should have clarified that. I he don't definitely comes to in to play at that point. I don't think there's any chance that he makes the opening night roster barring like injury Multiple catastrophe injuries, or something. Yeah. yeah. For once the defense is just a little too good. Yeah. <laughs> um, But that's like with Gilbert, like he's only 23 years old. This is not like a, 26 year old, you know, it's not like when they got Mark Alton, it was like, yep. okay, this is who he is. He's younger than Graves was, even. And, yeah. and he's a guy that has Chicago was a bad defensive team, but he does have NHL games under his belt. He's got a fourth of a season. Yep. That's, that's a whole lot more than Graves did when he came to the apps, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's. He's a he's a guy that makes perfect sense as a seventh defender down the line, yeah. Even next year. Say the say Cole leaves in free agency and they lose Graves in expansion. Well, Byram and Timmons slot in right there. And then Gilbert is your seventh guy, like pretty easily. Yep. And I and again, c- considering his age, I don't think it was any accident he he worked his way into that trade. Well, I think you're when you look at Gilbert, you see him as a pretty prototypical seventh D that you can get some consistent defense out of. Not going to help you a lot on the offensive side of the puck, yeah. but someone you can go to 
and not worry about the ups and downs as much. Yeah, and he's got and and he's got that physical element that kind of gives you a different look. Yeah, that's where true. depending on who's playing, you know, if a guy if, if you're out on the road and Gilbert's there, you know, with you and and I guess you could even be at home, it doesn't really matter where you are. Ian Cole's a little bit banged up, but you want to you want to have you want you want that physical presence on defense. Gilbert's an easy drag and drop guy in there. Like that's what they got. They kept that presence. Like Anton Lindholm was also a physical defensive defenseman. Anton Lindholm was just, he was just five foot 10 and constantly gets himself hurt playing the way that he does. Gilbert is more suited to that kind of punishment and to take that kind of beating. And because of that, it'll be easier to slot him in, into certain situations that you're looking for. You know, and when when a PK guy goes down, Gilbert is a PK guy that you will slide. You can slide into rotation there. Like he has an organizational fit. It's just you got to get to him. It's just when you have nine NHLD, (laughs) you have nine NHLD. Yeah, like you're you're just a little bit you're you're just a little bit too deep for that guy right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Johnson's hurt at the start of the year. It's one run closer. Johnson gets hurt. They don't keep Byram. He's absolutely on your NHL roster at some point. Yep. It's, and I mean, that's the other part of this conversation is what do you do with Connor Timmons as the season goes on? We, we've talked already about how, look, he's probably ready for the NHL, but can he stay healthy? Yeah. yeah I think, I think where, he needs to he needs to probably play 20 or 30 games in the HL and nothing and it has nothing to do with development. Yeah. It has everything to do with the team being comfortable that he can take a hit. Yep. Cuz it wasn't like the Cogliano hit in the it in the playoffs. Wasn't particularly big or anything. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't predatory, it's not dirty, it's not it it's something that he's it he's going to get hit like that 10 times a game. You know, moving the puck up the boards and a guy just finishing his check and skating away, you have to be able to handle that. Yep. You just have to. And if he can't handle that, then they can't, they, you know, he's got to, he's got to figure that out. And I'm not saying that he has to, if he has concussion symptoms or whatever, he needs to be honest about him because that's way more important. Obviously. But so I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying he needs to be lying about if he's feeling it or not, but if it's not a concussion thing and he's just uncomfortable or whatever, like he's got to find the line between where he feels comfortable playing and is being honest about being injured. Yep. That's all. That's an impossible line for those guys, especially in a, in a league that adores toughness the way that it does. Yeah. But it's, He's just he just has to find it. Like I don't I don't know what else to say. He has to find it. He does have to find it. We can take our second period break there with Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they're proud CSU alums as well and have even supported us as DNVR members for a long time. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial service experience. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, and when you go over there, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. You can pick which one you want if you do win, but more importantly, get set up with a free 
consultation to discuss all of your options. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets in your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short and long-term planning goals, your investments, as well as your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation, so be sure to visit them and enter to win for that free DNVR shirt or hat at dnvrmortgage.com and get set up with that free convoluted consultation excuse me michael chevalier nmls 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls 1910631 third period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook the number one rated sportsbook app out there rudo and aj chatting the the topic we've passed over here martin Cout. Not that long ago, this is a guy that we were talking about should be everyday player in the Avs lineup. They actively maintained his ELC to get an extra year out of him. The expectation was that was to put him in the NHL this year. And I think we probably both agree that he ends up in the NHL this year pretty easily. Yeah. But him being on the opening night lineup doesn't seem feasible anymore. Like, being on the opening night roster. Sure, but not in the line. Yeah, can easily see it. But then, you know, you're having the awkward question of, like, do you want him in the AHL playing every night? Or is it now, after two full seasons playing in the AHL, right. is it now more valuable for him to be practicing every day with the Avs? And getting rotated in when possible. Yeah, and then just waiting for an opportunity to play a guy. You know, Tyson Jost has a tough night because he's the only guy that I can envision them just healthy scratching at this point. <laughs> um, but, like, a guy has a, t- you know, he's just waiting his turn, either injury or a bad night. Right. And he just he's just kind of lying in wait. Or is Logan O'Connor the more valuable, just throw him in there, play him eight minutes a night, you're very comfortable with what Logan O'Connor is. You're not so much worried about further developing him as you are just using him as is. And then Cout is down in the AHL still theoretically developing and playing. Or do you do you want Cout pushing himself a little more every day, being in the NHL, being in, in the NHL room, in the in the room with the Avs working and getting comfortable with the guys and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All those different aspects to it that we don't, that we always overlook when we say, when it, when, when we just talk about, oh, it's, it's better for that guy to play 20 minutes a night in the AHL than it is for him to, to sit on the bench in the NHL. But at some point that stops being true. I, and knowing Cout, especially, uh, he is a guy that definitely benefits from some consistency around him being in a rhythm is important to him exactly and and being in that nhl locker room even if he's not getting into games is something that a player like that i think can benefit from pretty significantly yeah so that's kind of the question the abs have to answer with him you're correct and i i tell you i think he should be on the nhl roster pretty much period i i i at this point like loc is you're feeling like that's a huge win for you. Maybe not huge, but a good win for you. Yeah. You got an, un, you signed an undrafted guy came to camp for you. Has you been got, good. You've gotten NHL games out of him. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and you're hoping has an NHL spot. Yeah. That, that Matt, that McKinnon was pushing for Baron 
they I think Joe said that on draft night. Yeah. So um, and it's no surprise that all the uh all the Eastern Canada boys yeah. are tight. All the Maritimers <laughs> want to play with the Maritimers because they all work out together and they all skate together and they all practice together and it's like okay. Yep. I don't I've I've been surprised by how excited Avs fans have been about that. But whatever. <laughs> it's more like fun fact than meaningful. But you know, like if if McKinnon had been skating out in with a bunch of WHL kids and he liked what he saw out of one of those kids, he probably would have been like draft Braden Schneider. Right. You know? Like, yeah. So they don't whatever. see that many draft kids up close and personal when you when you're an NHL hockey player. You've got other right. work to do a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um with with when it comes to like O'Connor and what what their expectations should be for him, um, I think that it's fourteenth guy. Yeah, and if they can't afford the fourteenth guy to start the year, that's fine. Yep. Uh, I do. Um, I'm not sure what his uh, waiver status is this year. Um, I believe he's fine. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. He is. He's still fine. Yeah, he was young enough when he signed. Yeah, because um, I knew he's right on that edge. He's got to yeah. be like right there, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, because that would be something that I would consider too. Is that if he's if he's waiver eligible, you can move him up and down. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want to. I, I would just be just a touch uncomfortable. Like every organization has a Logan O'Connor, but with the way that, that people have shifted so much towards looking for specifically speedy guys that, that like to yep. hit yep. and O'Connor's AHL numbers have been good enough that if they've been paying, if they, the an organization has been paying any attention at all to the Eagles, you know, like that's a, that's one where a Pacific division team that sees Logan O'Connor against their AHL team all the time, you've got to keep an eye on like for they sure. would be, you can imagine the Edmonton Oilers claiming Logan O'Connor in a heartbeat is what so I'm saying. Edmonton Oilers would 100% claim him and say, this dude scores six shorthanded goals on us every year in the AHL. Just play right. him on the PK. <laughs> so that's that's where it's like when his waiver status comes into the conversation, him becoming a full-time av if you is... Get- yeah, I I don't know about that, Cygnus. If you get Calvert level production out of O'Connor, you've performed a miracle. Yeah, well, yeah. Then, <laughs> then maybe we need to chill out on this whole. The Avs can't develop anybody, thing. right? Exactly. Because um, they will have taken an undrafted kid and turned him into a legit like thirdish fourth liner guy. Yep. That's if you're playing. Uh, <laughs> if a O'Connor, guy is gonna like outscore. In the NHL, his his college production, yeah, you've really got to find on your hands. You're hoping for like Belmar level production out of out of O'Connor yeah. if he's an everyday player, but right. like like we've got he's got the shine right now because he had a good he had like a good like four games against Dallas, right? But that's like we so we also had him we we saw him in the regular season for like twenty games, and he had two goals. Two goals, and it, the way that AJ described him that I thought was excellent was he has that exact feel of, oh, he tries real hard and always gets close into the puck battles, but he's never actually winning any. Yeah, he does, he's better than Tynan in that way, in that yeah. he, and I always feel like I 
I pick on Tynan for this because I, I mean, I do, <laughs> but like, that was the thing that I noticed about Tynan last year. I used to always say it to Evan is that he was captain close. Yep. He would always get so close. And then the puck would, you know, not quite go the abs way. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and then if you were just watching it, if you were just casually watching the game, you're like, man, that guy's involved in a lot of stuff, but it's just because he got, he got close he, a lot. He's everywhere, but he's never actually accomplishing anything. Right. Like when, and you, you start having the conversation of like, okay, but is he being effective? And the answer just keeps being no. Yeah. And you're like, oh, gosh. Okay. And like with O'Connor, I think that there was, there was a small jump left in his game in the NHL. Yep. But really, that guy is your prototypical 13th guy. Even. I mean, if this is if he's done developing, he's a thirteenth guy, and like that's okay. Again, he was undrafted. This is already a pretty big win for Colorado. Yep, one hundred percent. So, I'm I'm very happy with the Avs depth. It's it's about I am too. the right decisions now. It's just yes, that's a great way to put it because you know that there's going to be temptation. We're not. We're, we're sitting here talking about oh, Martin Cap, Logan O'Connor, and it's going to be Kiefer Sherwood who makes right. the opening night roster. Mika Salamaki is their 13th forward all of a sudden, and it's right. like, oh boy. And you're like, dude, this guy, we know, like, he has like 200 games played in the NHL. We know this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, basically. M- Mika Saksamaki. Mika Saksamaki. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> <laughs> hadn't even played for the abs yet, and I'm already dogging on him. Well, well based on uh, last offseason, that means he's guaranteed like a 30 point season Dude. after we uh, after we bop Nachushkin. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's that's and and they brought in a ton of those guys. They brought back Tynan. They brought back Drys. They brought they brought back Megna. Yep. all of whom played Play. for the abs. Yep, last season. So yeah, those guys. Like we get very prospect tunneled because the young and the shiny, right? Like for sure, for sure. You're always talking yourself into, well, maybe that guy could do it. You never know. Maybe that guy's got it. You never know. And it's like, look, like, yeah, maybe Kiefer Sherwood really is waiting to break out, and this will be the situation where he blows up and they get something crazy. But like you've invested a lot of time and a lot of energy into Shane Bowers and Martin Cout and even Logan O'Connor and Nick Henry. And like, got to get something out of that. Yeah. Those guys should be front of the line because you've invested in them. Bowers is the most interesting one there. As I see chat mentioning it as well. 0% chance that that guy makes the opening night roster unless something crazy happens. I won't say zero because like Evan said, I know Bednar loves him, but that's the thing, man, is that like he just loves that guy. I just don't know how you can put him ahead of of Cout and Logan O'Connor, given that they have NHL games. If he if he makes it ahead of Cout, I will be so confused. Yeah, but uh, look, the hope with Bowers, he's going to probably start in the AHL and you hope by midseason he's basically top of the call-up list. Yeah, you hope that uh, what what Bowers does this year is kind of what Cout did last year, where yeah. he well, has he gets NHL games. Yeah. And, and he shows that, that he belongs. He, yeah, exactly. 
Maybe not necessarily, you know, he doesn't have a nine game anything to worry about. Otherwise, Cal would have ended up playing more. Yeah. However many games, right? He uh, Bowers won't have that problem. There there won't be any like, well, he's got the nine games to consider. No, none of it. So as long as he gets into the NHL and he plays well and he shows well and he, he takes his opportunity and run, like, you know, that's yeah. on that that part will be on him. But for now, you know, it's 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 a, he has to show that he's worthy of that call up. He has to play well. And he had such a good second half of the year. You know, he had the long point streak that there's plenty of reasons for optimism that it's it's happening, that it's coming. It's just a matter of getting there. Uh Cygnus to your question, Calvert expires at the end of this season. Belmar expires at the end of the season. That's Cowton Bowers right there pretty easily. Yep. Uh, Loke is still the 13th forward, so you're not exactly replacing anyone with him. Yep. Um, and then New Hook, you just drop in and, and you you sort it out. If the Evs lose a forward and expansion, problem solved. Done. Like that's it. They lose JT Confer and expansion. Alex New Hook is your three C. Yep. Problem solved. So that's kind of the the long term outlook as as far as those prospects are concerned. Um I think we're wrapping up here. AJ, I did have a trivia question for you. Oh, there are four teams in the Western Conference who do not have an ex-Avalanche somewhere in their organization. Can All you right. name any of them? Anywhere in the organization? Yeah. <sighs> um... Let me look at a list of the teams in the West. Yeah, you're good. I'll give I'll give you some time. I'll tell you the teams in the East. Are there, are there are any in the Central? There is one in the Central. Wow. So, um. Okay. Uh. Is Anaheim one of them? Anaheim is not. They just signed Shattenkirk. Oh yeah, obviously, dumbass. <laughs> Does Rob Blake count in LA? Uh, I did not count Rob Blake. No, they signed Mark Alt anyway. They so. did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's, uh, it's, it's. He's deep Vegas. In now. I don't think Vegas has one now that Stasny's gone. No, they do. They have uh, Waz's favorite defenseman still. Oh, yeah, of course. I forget. <laughs> I always forget Nick Holden is there. It's so hard, dude. I Like, when I was going through and looking at this, because I was just curious, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy and this guy. Yeah, I I feel like Minnesota's a pretty good answer, but it's only kind of because their AHL team is like the entire coaching staff. Is ass people yeah. is it's like Alex Tangay and Tim Army and like yeah uh, there Minnesota is correct though there are no NHL players that that are ex avs okay so that's the Central Division one um the boy there's three Pacific and I got I got them all wrong yep I well I knew I knew LA wasn't one of them. Arizona, Calgary, Vancouver are the the Pacific Division teams that don't have any. Uh, Edmonton having Tyson Berry now. San Jose reacquiring Matt Nieto. And that's it. I was a little surprised that I thought for sure 
that well and seattle getting a jump on uh claiming colorado already with uh poaching ryan clark yeah that's true to, too to he- go and cover them for the athletic and you know i i texted ryan this morning when uh when i saw the news and congratulated him but you know we're nice we're we're, we're the nice guys these days <laughs> so again just shouting out ryan clark and how yeah. awesome it was to have him on uh, on the Avs beat for the last couple of years. How cool it was having him around and just a, a very different personality, a very different vibe. You know, um, Daters and, and Chambers and I are all kind of strong personalities. Sure. And uh, that's that's led to, I mean, as, as you guys all know, that's led to clashes in the past. Uh, and Ryan just wanted to, he just showed up and was like, I just want to cover some hockey. I'm just here. I'm just here to hang out and watch hockey and write about it, guys. I'm not here for any of your drama. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of liberating because it kind of gave me permission to care less about the stuff that I thought was a big deal. And he brought a different kind of professional vibe to things, just a different, a, a different approach to the beat. And will always be appreciative of getting to just watch him and watch how he operated because it was different, you know, for me and just the background that I have where I didn't, I didn't go to J school and I didn't, you know, you know, I was not trained to do this. (laughs) I kind of just got dropped into this and was like, (laughs) well, you happen to have enough writing talent to get by. So go make it up kid. And, you know, having a guy like Clarky around to, to really, uh, just get to observe and learn things from was interesting. Um, I'm, I'm the athletics hiring internally. Um, so I, a couple of people hit me up today and were like, is one of you guys going to go to the athletic? And I was like, nah, even if I wanted to, they would laugh me out of the room. Yeah. Right. Like even if I had an interest, they would be like, no, we do actual journalism here. I don't know what you guys do over there, but no, Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, they would not have taken either one of us seriously. So you guys don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, but just wanted to give him give him love because he's an awesome dude and we're going to miss him around these parts. I'm sure whoever they get will be dope and it'll be cool, but they won't be Ryan. So they're going to suffer in comparison. It's like the guy to follow Patrick Waugh, you know, poor David Abisher. Yep. Yep. Was a was a, he actually had a pretty pretty decent career until he didn't. Yep, and pretty decent is basically trash heap compared to Patrick Waugh. <laughs> yeah, good, compared to the expectation set, you know, Ryan has set the bar very high for for the next for the next person, and you know, yep, exactly that. I'm gonna make life absolutely miserable. <laughs> for that person. I'm going to be such a jerk to them. Sup, rookie? Yeah, exactly. Who are you, new guy? <laughs> I And, like, I met Ryan at the draft in Dallas. He was just sitting there, and he was like... I sat down next to him, and he, like, looked over at the tag and saw that I had... We were still BSN Denver. <laughs> yep. And he was like, oh, you cover the abs? And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm Ryan Clark. I'm with The Athletic. We're going to be best friends now. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I was like, is it is it cool if you go away for this entire thing? Because I want Jesse to sit next to me and not you, guy I don't know. And he was like, no. I was like, all right, I can respect that. And then Jesse got to hang out with Bob McKenzie the whole draft. So Nice. I guess I um J- Jesse Jesse uh he had a he had a good time. It seems like you got the short end of that stick. No offense to Clark, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was cool getting to know him though. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was it was fun. Like it was an, it was a cool introduction. So you know, gonna gonna miss him around these parts. We'll see. They'll get somebody else. Animal, I'm sure. Yeah, they'll get they'll get somebody else, and you know he'll he'll come back around when the when the Kraken come to town. There you go. I guess uh, that's going to about wrap it up for our show today. But uh, thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. You all know how it goes. Of course, our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there, bringing you all of the amazing sports bets with their odds boosts every single day. You can always get in on a good bet. And for week seven, as far as the NFL is concerned, is pretty soon MLB will be over too, and we'll be back to just the NFL on TV. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a bunch of awesome offers. The $1,000 bonus when you sign up a new account with code DNVR is continuing on for a little bit longer. So you can get yourself a thousand bucks matched for your deposit and first bet when you jump on in and get in on this sports betting if you have not yet. Whether that's football, UFC, table tennis, European basketball. Whatever you want to watch, whatever you want to bet on, you absolutely can. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that $1,000. Again, promo code DNVR. Make sure you're hitting that up. Supporting our partners is supporting us, so let them know that we sent you over there. It must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500. Deposit requires 25X playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And on that note, make sure to send us your jersey pictures. We've already got a bunch of amazing ones. And uh, get your, your rosters ready over on Cat Friendly as well for our Free Skate Friday show. If you want to be roasted, if you want your jerseys to get shown off, send them our way. We will talk to y'all tomorrow.